Virginia. I'm Chris Lang from the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to this episode of the Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Anyone who knows anything about Virginia amateur golf is probably familiar with Crimson Paolini. The former Duke University star and professional golfer made his name in the VSJ Amateur Championship, winning it four times. The only players who have won our association's signature event more times were Vinnie Giles with seven wins and Winsel Spencer with five wins. Both are in the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame. Brinson is the only player to win the event three times in a row, and if you know anything about the fickle nature of match play, you know just how impressive that is. He eventually ran his streak of match wins to 16 in the event before falling in the round of 16 at the Virginian in the 2011 VSJ Amateur Championship. Here's a little trivia for you. Who ended Brinson's VSJ Amateur win streak? We'll share the answer at the end of the podcast. Brinson's final amateur event was the 100th VSJ Amateur in 2013. He defeated Jisoo er, Park, at the Cascades to cap the VSGA's centennial celebration and turned professional soon after, embarking on a career that would take him in 43 countries and countless adventures over the next eight years. Though his days of playing professionally are over, he's still heavily involved in golf, both through coaching and the formation of a new company, Sharp Focus Nutrition, which came about through the personal experience of struggles to stay sharp physically and mentally throughout a round of competitive golf. Brinson joins us today to share some of his favorite VSGA memories and to tell us about Sharp Focus and what its products can do for you in your game. There's nothing worse than hunger creeping in when you get to crunch time in your round, which can affect your focus and performance. Let's get right to our chat with Brinson Paolini. All right, Brinson, thanks so much for joining us today on the Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be here. You know, VSGA has meant a lot to me in my development as a, a golfer and a person, so excited to be here. Yeah, before we kind of get into uh, your new endeavor with Sharp Focus Nutrition, we kind of wanted to go back and talk about some of your VSGA memories. I know that you are a four-time VSGA amateur champion and the only player that's ever won it three years in a row, which is still kind of amazing to me in in, a, in 110 years of this event as we're going to hit this year. So, Wow. Um, I, I know you won your first the first of your three straight in 2008 as a junior golfer, and you're playing mm -hmm. Roger Newsom, who is obviously very accomplished. He goes like he's a – older guy at that point he wins the state open uh, uh later on that year um yeah. kind of just take me through that experience what it was like as a junior going up against him yeah i mean what i remember that week uh you know my grandparents took me to the event uh, my sister also played junior golf through the vsga and she had a tournament that week and my parents were with them and i was with my grandparents and uh, i remember the first round of match play uh my grandparents were watching and i had to make a 20-foot putt just to go to extra holes in the first round of match play and somehow I managed to make the putt, win an extra holes, and then ended up getting into the final with Roger Newsom, like you talked about. And uh, really, that was kind of the resurgence of Roger. I mean, he uh, you know, had raised three beautiful daughters and a great family and had just started getting back into golf. And he built a great career as well. And so it was kind of like a little boat, both of our coming out parties, I would say, uh, at least in the state of Virginia. And uh, it was fun to share that with him. I mean, he's such a great competitor and a great player. And uh, we just we just had a blast competing and you know trying to beat each other and um, and now he, he ended up joining the, the club that I grew up at Princess Anne uh, we see each other quite often so uh, definitely a, a fun memory to to think back on. Do you guys talk much about that match at any point or? You know we we don't bring it up too much. I, I try I try not to bring it up too much, uh, and he hasn't really brought it up to me. 
you know, he's gone on to, to your point, accomplish so much in the game. Uh, I love to just pick his brain about all the great courses he's playing and the people he's meeting. And um, it's just, just amazing what he's been able to do. And uh, really just a roadmap for a lot of us to, to look on and, and try to achieve similarly. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your second amateur win. I was not there for it. I know Matt and Josh were, and they talked a lot mm-hmm. about it. Uh, the big comeback against Lonto Griffin, who we know is one on the PGA tour now and at this yeah. point in his career, uh, just take me through that entire match and that experience and, and how that came about. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Lonto was staying with my family. So, you know, Lonto and I are, are close friends and we were close friends and, uh, you know, Cedar points about 30 minutes from where I grew up in Virginia beach. So Lonto was staying with us and it was, you know, we're kind of progressed the tournament and next thing you know, wow, it looks like we're going to play each other. And, uh, which is always fun to play a friend, you know, we're all competitors, but we all want to see each other do well at the end of the day. And so we got out there and competed and, um, you know, he was kicking my butt to be frank, uh, the majority of the, of the match. I mean, I was five down through 27 holes, uh, and I was just fighting to get the momentum back on my side. I mean, golf, really in sport momentum is so important. You just got to find a way to get the momentum back on your side. And, uh, somehow I, I got, I felt a little bit of a shift on number 10 and then I just went off and I just made every putt I made. I looked at on the back nine and, uh, somehow flipped the match and ended up winning, uh, which was wild. And, uh, and then Lonto ended up staying with us that night. I mean, he's so gracious and we had a great time. He went out and celebrated with me. Um, and obviously he's gone on to do incredible things in the game. So, um, I don't feel too bad that I was able to, to beat him, uh, one day over a decade ago. I mean, he's, uh, I really think sky's limit for Lonto. I mean, he's such a, a great player and a great guy. I know, I hope that, uh, he continues to stay healthy and, and he'll accomplish a lot in the game. Yeah. It sounds like he, he went through the back surgery and everything and he's trying to get his way back and, and hopefully that works out for him. Cause uh, obviously he's a great ambassador for golf in Virginia, uh, at that yeah. national level. So. Yeah, pull, pulling hard for him. Golf's hard enough when you're healthy, and uh, when you have injuries, it's, it's just a it's a real shame. So we're definitely pulling hard for Lonto, that's for sure. Yeah, mentioned earlier, you're the only guy that's ever won three of these in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Just how impressive is that? Just considering the fluky nature of match play and and what can happen in an 18 hole match, you could just hit a cold streak at some point, and or some guy some guy could shoot 62, and just you're you're playing well, and he wins. You know, I know. I mean, it's it, I mean, luck's a huge part of it. I, I, I'd be remiss to not say that. I mean, to win that many consecutive matches, there has to, things have to go your way. And, uh, and they did for me. I mean, I felt like every time that event came around, I loved the Virginia amateur, uh, and I would, I would get up for it. And fortunately I would always be in form. Uh, I seemed to putt really well. Uh, and my game just lends itself well to match play. I don't make a lot of mistakes. I keep the ball in front of me. Uh, I really, put a lot of pressure on my opponent. And so I always relish the opportunity to be in match play and we don't get to play a lot. So uh, that's why I always loved that week and had it circled on my calendar, but uh, just really fortunate to, to have won it uh, really four times. And um, it was just a, you know, a lot of great memories to, to think back on. Yeah. The fourth time was uh, hard to believe 10 years ago now at the hundredth uh, amateur at the Cascades. And, and how special was that one to you just because of the, you know, the, the, prestige of the course and the and the way that the event unfolded the pomp and circumstance the celebration of 100 years and for you uh, to come out and be able to win that one as well yeah i mean that was it ended up being my last amateur event before i turned pro and that was just an unbelievable way to, to end your amateur career uh probably my favorite golf course in virginia uh it's just a spectacular place and to your point the centennial event the sga i mean just just incredible i it was so funny. I remember playing that week and 
don't know if anybody's been to the homestead. It's just an unbelievable property, but they have the best breakfast in the world. I mean, you walk in, this breakfast is like the size of a ballroom. And my family would joke with me because like, you just want to keep winning so you can keep eating the breakfast. And they weren't kidding. I still think about the breakfast. That was the first thing that go through my mind. If I got down in the match, like, man, I got to I got to get back. I, I can't miss that waffle tomorrow. Like that waffle is the best, man. It's so good. Um, so it was uh, pretty funny how um, it played out and what sticks in your mind. Yeah, it's it's tough to try to eat everything at the uh, at the breakfast at the homestead. There's just way too much there. But hey, if you're there for four or five days, you can try different things, right? So exactly. But no, it's a, such a special place. I hope I can get back there one day. Yeah, um, your your journey through professional golf is a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. I know you kind of went st- straight over to Europe, and uh, just kind of take us through that and that experience, and 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 uh, what you learned about yourself through that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I ended up finishing playing at cur- my career at Duke and. Uh, obviously I knew I was going to play professionally and I dreamt waking up on Saturday mornings, sitting on the couch and watching the European tour. And I remember just sitting there and be like, wow, they're in Morocco and South Africa and all these amazing places. And I thought, what a cool opportunity to go chase my dream and travel the world. And also at that time, Brooks Kepka and Peter Uline, two guys I looked up to, uh, had done that. And I thought, man, that'd be really cool to try to follow in their footsteps. So that was really kind of the thinking that went into it. And, um, I ended up going over there. Uh, got some starts on the challenge tour right out of school and was fortunate to play really well and somehow managed to win my third event and was kind of off to the races. And uh, yeah, it was the start of an incredible journey. I think now looking back on it, I've played competitively in 43 countries on six continents. I think every major world tour I've played on. So uh, definitely fought the fought and fought the fight and uh, just really grateful for the opportunity to have done it because I, I look back on who I am now compared to who I was before all of that. And, uh, just a lot of, a lot of learning and lessons and challenges. Um, but I've grown a lot as, as a person for sure. 43 countries. That's, that's crazy. I think I've been to five countries, so I've definitely only <laughs> played golf in uh, in one of them that would be the U S <laughs> um, having gone through that and gone to so many different places. Do you have any really, really cool stories or any, anything that really stands out? I know you've probably got a ton of them. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think the one that stands out is when I, I made it on the European tour and I flew over there and I'm in South Africa and I'm playing this event. And I think most people have seen it at the, it's at Leopard Creek and it's on the edge of Kruger National Park. And it's an unbelievable event. It's the Alfred Dunhill on the European tour, now the DP World Tour. And I remember I arrived and I just booked the host hotel. I, I didn't really, okay, that'll be fine. So I get there and it's like a safari hotel. I mean, it's basically on the edge of the park. I mean, it's where you go to have a safari. So we go and I'm staying with my caddy and we walk in the room and it's an open room with an outdoor shower and they got these big nets around the bed. And I was like, oh boy. And then we walk in and there's three lizards running around the room. I was like, this is not good. So I I went to the front desk and said, hey, you know, we got three lizards in our room. Like, like, what the heck? I need different rooms. Like, no, no, no. You need the lizards. The lizards will eat the spiders and the spiders will kill you. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. Like, I don't want lizards or spiders. Like, I don't want anything. Like, I need to get out of here. So I ended up just leaving and staying in a different hotel. And I had to pay for both hotels, which at the time, you know, money was tight. So it was it was trouble. But I said, man, I'm not going to play well with one eye open. Like, I got to get out of here. So, um, but South Africa ended up being amazing. And on that same trip, it was wild. So I flew 15 hours to South Africa to play that event at Alfred Dunhill. The next event was in Hong Kong. So I flew 15 hours to Hong Kong played that event. And then the next event was back in South Africa. So I flew 15 hours back, played, and then flew home. So it was four 15-hour flights uh, in less than three weeks. I mean, my body was a mess. I mean, I was 22 years old. So, you know, 
I'm excited. You know, I'm living my dream. Any opportunity, every opportunity, I just want to go and play. And it, it, it you know, it's hard. Even at 22 years old, I, I, that many time changes and the long flights is it's hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. And, and in hindsight, and people told me, hey, Brinson, just stay in South Africa for the week. Like, don't go play Hong Kong. Just take the week off. It's like, no, 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 I can't miss an opportunity. I want to go play. Um, but, you know, you live and you learn. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's not easy on the body. Even just a seven hour flight is, is, is rough on you just to get you, get, get everything adjusted again. So that's exactly. crazy to have to do that and play golf and, and, and have your body right for competition. That's impressive. Yeah, it was a lot, but I mean, great experience. I'm not, I'm not complaining. It was, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So when did you kind of come to the conclusion that it was time to, to kind of shift gears professionally from playing all the time to doing some of the stuff you're doing now? I know that you had a, yeah. uh, a uh, uh, consulting or a uh, coaching business as well too, right? Yeah. So it was about a little over a year and a half ago. So uh, kind of toward the end of the pandemic that COVID was very difficult for two years for everyone in, in the world. I'm not saying just me, but golf was really challenging uh, and it started to shut things down. And that's when I started my coaching, uh, which has been a blast. I, I really enjoy working with people and I, I focus on things outside of swing technique. So um, how to prepare mental toughness, how to practice pre-shot routine, basically everything that goes into competing um, outside of technique. And that's been a blast. Uh, and then Sharp Focus Nutrition has also been a piece that I started um, uh, about four months ago with a few other people in my family, which has been uh, been a lot of fun. So it's been about a, a year and a half since stepping away from, from golf professionally full-time. And uh, it's been fun to see the other side of it. Uh, and I, you know, I definitely miss competing and, um, and playing. And um, I've applied for my amateur status back. I'm going to have to wait a while, uh, which I understand I, I played for eight years. So, um, but no, I'm looking forward to, to that when that, when the day comes. Well, I know that you went to, uh, you got an uh, BA in psychology at Duke, correct? I did. I did. And yeah. then you got your MBA at William and Mary. So how does, how does, uh, sports nutrition end up on your radar? It really was just my personal experience. I mean, it was something that I felt I struggled with. I mean, as I mentioned, uh, at the homestead, I mean, being around such great food, it, it's hard to turn down at times. Uh, but if you're trying to be the best player that you can be, it's, it's extremely important. And a big piece of it was my sister. So Brielle Paolini, she, as I mentioned, grew up playing with the SGA. She played collegiately at William & Mary and has now gone on to be a doctor. She's an MD, PhD, so she's much, much smarter than me. Um, she's got her uh, PhD in neuroscience. And she would always connect me with all this great research out there on what I should be eating. There's all this great research on what you should eat and when you should eat it. Uh, when you were playing and no one had kind of put it together in one packet. And so I thought I've had this idea for a really long time because I've, I've struggled with it. I felt like my energy would dip toward the end of tournaments. And that's the most important time. If it's Friday and you're trying to make the cut or Sunday on the back nine with a chance to win. And you're, you know, if you're thirsty or hungry, you don't have the fuel. You, you can't expect to play your best. And so I experienced it. I saw other top players struggle with it. And I thought, man, I think that there's an opportunity here to help people uh, play their best. I mean, they're, they're doing everything else they can to do their best. They're spending money on clubs and lessons and, um, you know, nutrition is something. If, if you're trying to be the best you can be, uh, it's easy to overlook. And, and that's kind of really the, the impetus of it. Yeah, I was going to say, give it, give it a good good way to segue into sharp focus nutrition. Yeah. Nutrition, excuse me. Um, just – Kind of give us the elevator pitch of what the company is and what you guys do. Yeah. So the idea is, like I said, we've taken this research and we put it into um, a packet of food. So it's five small food items that you eat throughout a round. And the idea is to keep 
your blood sugar the same and constant throughout the round. So we want to avoid spikes and crashes. So you can stay constant, keep your energy high. Um, and the research has really uh, shown that it's, it's not just about eating small amounts of food. It's about like the type and sequencing of like the three macronutrients. So carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And so we put all of that in, all of that into uh, sharp focus. So you don't even have to think about it. Um, and another little inventive thing that we did is part of the issue I struggled with is I wouldn't forget to bring food. I would just forget to eat it. So what we've done is we put it on a little carabiner clip that you can clip on your bag. So it's always visible. Um, and so when the time comes to eat it, every four holes, you just rip it off. You eat the small amount of food and, and off you go. So it's kind of stays as a constant reminder for people because people that I work with or myself, when I play, I, I just forget to eat. I mean, I got food in the bag. I just forget to bring it out. I, I'm, I'm worried about the, the pull hook I just hit on the last hole as opposed to, um, you know, the, the jerky that I need to be eating. Right. I mean, and, and the small meals versus going in and eating a, a huge hot dog or a burger at the turn or whatever and scarfing it down. It seems like that's going to help you kind of stay even throughout the round versus having that, oh man, I'm really full now. I got to the 12 hole and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dead right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, before the round too, it's easy to eat a big meal and then you know, it makes sense looking back on it. You eat it, your blood sugar is up, then it crashes, then there's you know spike and a crash, and your energy goes down. Same thing at the turn. I mean, it's easy to go there, and even if you're eating something that seems seemingly healthy, like a nice whole grain sandwich, a peanut butter and banana sandwich, which would be great. Research says that's awesome. It's still going to be a big amount of food, and it's going to cause a bit of a spike and a crash. It's probably going to occur on about hole 15 or 16, which is probably the time when you want to be at your peak. So uh, that was really kind of the idea. And um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of great feedback from people. I mean, it's, it's early days. We've been doing this for about four months um, or a little more than four months. But uh, uh, the feedback we've gotten from people has been been really good. And um, so we're enjoying it. It sounds like a little bit uh, more uh, prudent than my my usual on course meal of a couple of Coors Lights and a pack of naps. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the best way, but I'm also not competing in high stakes tournaments. It's OK. So. I mean, we I, look, I get it. A lot of my friends go out and. Um, now that I don't play professionally, you know, I, my friends want to go out and they want to have a few drinks. And I, you know, I totally get that. And we think sharp focus would be good for those people as well. I mean, you got to eat while you're out there and there's nothing wrong with, um, uh, with eating good, real food. I mean, at, at all. Um, so I, we think it could be uh, beneficial for, for really all levels of golfers. So what was it like kind of building this company from scratch and, and where have you guys come so far and where do you see it going in the next uh, year or so maybe? Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's, you know, we're proud of us just for, for having the courage to start. I mean, I think it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to put yourself out there and start it. And uh, like I said, you know, we've had, I've had this idea for a long time and uh, you know, my sister and my dad and I said, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this thing. And uh, it's been really cool. It's, it's fun to, to think about uh, all the aspects of it. Like, Hey, what goes into making this? Obviously there's the nuts and bolts of creating a great product, which we feel that we have and the feedback. And, you know, we did a lot of test marketing, uh, with golfers and we've incorporated their feedback. It wasn't like we just put something together, but it's been fun to try that. Hey, I have this idea. Let's, let's try a prototype and see what people think. Oh, okay. You think this would be better or that would be better. And so incorporating that I think has been the most fun, um, getting to work with people and, and hopefully help solve a problem, uh, that we feel is a problem, but it's also a challenge because we're really the only person in the space. I mean, there's no on course nutrition program. Like it just doesn't exist outside of us. So uh, it's fun to kind of blaze that trail. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any like nutritionists that you have consulted with that, that have kind of helped put your menu together or things like that? 
Yeah. So my sister has been huge into that um, with her, with her background and she's connected me with um, a lot of great research for nutritionists that they've uh, research that they've put out there on what you should eat and when you should eat it. I mean, it, it's all out there. Uh, and, you know, we just took that, compiled it all into one place and, and put it into a, a packet for people um, that not only is healthy for you, but tastes good too, which is, which is great. Yeah, it seems like the 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 product was. I, I took a quick look at it earlier. I had like yeah. a lot of jerky, a lot of uh, nuts, a lot of dried fruit, things like that. That sort of like sustainable energy stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, we're kind of going back and forth between those macronutrients, and just to kind of go over it quickly. But there's five food items. The first one's going to be jerky. Uh, we just launched a, a plant based jerky, which has been great. We've had people that stay away from meat, so we've got beef jerky, and then we have the plant based jerky. Um, and then, so you'll do that pre-round and then you'll clip the carabiner clip on your bag and then you start moving from there. Uh, the next one's going to be either roasted cashews or almonds. You have the option there, trail mix followed by granola. And then there's going to be dry fruit, uh, either mangoes or apricots uh, to finish the round. So those are kind of the five food items and, uh, you know, they all taste, they all taste really good. And, uh, the nice thing is it just turns out that just good whole healthy food is uh is just good for you so yeah and, and you don't really have to think about it if it's clipped to your bag like that you just it kind of becomes a habit so yeah exactly and and i just leave the carabiner clip on my bag and i get i have refills and i throw the refills on there and i rip them off when it's time to eat and it's just one less thing you have to think about and you know you can go out there and, and, and focus on the things that matter because you're going to make a lot of decisions when you're out on the golf course and um, you know, if you're truly trying to strive to be your best um, this is definitely a, a big piece of it. Um, and I'd be remiss to, to not talk about hydration as well. I mean, that's extremely important. And, you know, it, it, we have a nutrition company and we're really trying to solve for nutrition or for hydration, excuse me. But it's challenging because it's very variable based on the person, based on the conditions, uh, altitude, temperature, uh, how much you've drank in the past. So it's hard to have one process for everyone. Uh, but really, the answer is you just have to sip throughout the round. Um, you got to stay on top of it. Uh, you know, we don't have a dipstick like a car does with oil. Uh, we don't know when we're starting to go downhill. And the problem is once you're hungry or you're thirsty, it's too late. There's nothing you can do at that point. You're just playing catch up. So it's extremely important uh, throughout the process to just go out there and, um, and make sure that you're drinking as well. Yeah. And that's, that's a good reminder too, because especially on like a 45 degree day, you're not thinking about it as much as when it's like 95 degrees and you're sweating everything out, but it's good to remind people to, to definitely hydrate throughout the round, no matter what. Yeah. It's the hard thing about golf. We're out there for, you know, five and a half, six hours. Well, hopefully not that long. Hopefully we're out there for four, four and a half hours, but it doesn't always work that way. In other sports, you don't eat while you're out there. You're not, you're not seeing soccer players or football players eating, right? And, but in golf, it's extremely important to do that. So. Um, yeah. just kind of bringing it to them and, and making it, uh, making it easier for them so they can go out there and be the best they can be. I understand you guys recently had a partnership with the hurricane junior golf tour. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We're super excited about that. Uh, junior golf, um, has meant a ton to me. Uh, we, I think junior golf is one of the best things out there just to be able to travel with your parents and camaraderie with other kids. And, uh, the feedback we've gotten has been great. Uh, you know, we've gone to three tournaments now and, uh, passed out the product and gotten to talk to the kids and the parents. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And like I said, the feedback's been been really good. So, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it could be good for everyone and every level of golfer. Uh, but definitely junior golfers. We started working with some college golf programs. 
Um, but we're starting to potentially get into some pro shops. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It sounds like it's kind of an incremental process. It's not just going to happen all at once, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, like any business, I mean, you, you got to start it and you got to get it. We've done all the steps. We've done the test marketing and we've done the feedback and we've incorporated it. And now we've, and now we've launched and, um, you know, we're getting good feedback and we're, we're really excited. Really. I feel the master's week is just kind of the start of the golf season. It's kind of the start of, uh, really the year in my mind, <laughs> but, um, you know, we've been in the dead of winter since we launched it in, in December. So, uh, we're excited to get into the summer and we know that people are going to get out and hopefully start playing more and more golf. I know, I hope I can get out and start playing some more golf in the, in the next, next few months. Yeah. What do you kind of think the key is to continue to grow the business and, and, and keeping this thing going and the, and the momentum going? For sure. I think it's just, uh, getting awareness out there. Uh, everyone that has had a chance to try it has loved it. And, uh, they say, Hey man, this tastes great. I'm feeling better and I'm playing better. You know, for us, we feel like that's a home run. You know, we feel like we're helping people. It's, it's good. It's real healthy food. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be, you know, getting the word out there and that that's going to be the, the big piece. And, um, which is fun though. I mean, I enjoy that. I enjoy telling the story. Um, and it's really come out of and born from my own experiences. So, yeah, hopefully we can continue to, to go out there and, and grow it and, and, and get in front of people and be able to share and help them, um, really lower their handicaps, whatever their goal is in golf, you know, whether they want to, you know, qualify, have the opportunity to qualify for their local mid-am or play in the club championship or win the state am, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we think that this will help people and uh, we want to be able to do that. I'm going to say, before we go, I wanted to touch a little bit about your uh, relationship and friendship with Evan Beck. I know that you yeah. guys have, you kind of came up in the junior program together, Princess Anne and mm. played together in the ACC and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, what was what was that like growing up with him and getting a chance to play with him and seeing the the, the trajectory of both of your guys' careers in college and whatnot? Ah, it's been amazing. I mean, we we wouldn't be where we were or have accomplished what we have in the game without each other. Uh, I lived in Boise, Idaho, so I was 11 years old, and I moved to Virginia Beach because my dad changed jobs. And first first time I met was Evan Beck, and you know he lives 100 yards from my house, and uh, just a great friend, uh, an unbelievable competitor. And, uh, you know, we talked about injuries earlier and I mean, it's a shame what happened to his back when we played professionally You know, we lived together in South Carolina when we were, you know, we were chasing it and, um, it's a shame what he went through, but he seems to have found a solution for his back, which is amazing. And, uh, what he's accomplished in the last year and a half, two years is just off the charts. I mean, he's got full-time job and he's out there, uh, traveling and competing and beating, uh, you know, some of the best amateurs in the world. Um, and now he's staring a, a great opportunity to get on the Walker Cup at St. Andrews, which is just amazing. So um, pulling extremely hard for him. Uh, I know I'm going to make that trip if, uh, if he's, he's able to make that team. I think he's got a really good chance to. So, um, but yeah, he's um, you know he's my best friend, and you know, we talk almost every day. And uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think that'll ever change. He's a great guy. Yeah, how much does his kind of success coming back and and getting his amateur status back kind of motivate you to want to kind of kind of uh, have the same sort of uh, path here down the road? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, it's 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 really cool to see the path that he's been able to um, to achieve in the, in the amateur game. I mean, uh, playing professional golf is really really hard. It's a hard way to make it's a hard way to make a living, and it's it's only getting harder. I mean, the kids are getting uh, stronger and bigger and faster, and uh, it's a challenge every day. And so is the amateur game. 
but it, it's nice to know we're competitive people. We like to get out. We like to compete. And uh, it's great to see him be able to do that. And um, like, like I said, I've, I've applied for my amateur status and, you know, I hope to get it back um, at some point in the, in the future. And, um, you know, I'd love to, even if it's, uh, you know, I'd love to play the Virginia State Amateur again one day or um, some of the SGA events or Carolina Golf Association events, wherever it might be where I'm living, but uh, mm-hmm. would be, would be really cool. Well, before we go, any other uh, shout outs that you want to give to anybody? No, I just want to just want to thank the SGA for, for all they've done for, for me and really our family. I mean, my sister and I, uh, it's been a huge part of our development as golfers and people. And uh, you, know, you guys are you guys are the best and uh, really, really grateful for, for all you've done for, for our family. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Brent. best of luck with everything with Sharp Focus and uh, hope to thank see you around in the future. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great day. Thanks so much to Brinson for his time today. If you're looking for more information on Sharp Focus Nutrition and its line of products, visit the company's website at sharpfocusnutrition.com. That's sharpfocusnutrition.com. Oh, and the answer to that trivia question. After Paolini defeated Mikey Moyers to win his 16th straight BSJ amateur match in 2011, he fell to Sam Beach in 19 holes in the round of 16. Beach eventually reached the semifinals before losing to eventual champion Scott Schengler. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, so long.